morning. Good morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. It's good to have you with us this morning for our 11 o'clock worship service at St. James. We're so glad that you have tuned in to join us and be a part of our virtual congregation. We're excited to be counting down the days to our reopening. We'll be reopening on June the 14th. And for our worship services during this time of COVID-19, we'll be worshiping together in our Family Life Center and hope that you will join us and be with us and be part of our, our reopening celebration. It's been challenging for all of us, but it's time for us as a church family to come together. It's time for us to, to um, love one another support one another, cherish one another during this time. I look forward to seeing all of you back together as we worship uh, and continue to worship God here at St. James. Um, before we begin our worship service um, this morning, and before we begin, um, before I lift up some announcements um, today, wanna, as we come together on this um, Ascension Sunday. Today is Ascension Sunday that Jesus ascended into heaven. And today is also Memorial Day Sunday. And we want to thank all of our veterans this morning. We want to thank you all those that are listening to us and streaming live with us. And we really appreciate you. We love you and we appreciate your service. And we thank you all the t families out there that that are grieving, that have lost loved ones, um, servicemen and servicewomen that have um, protected our freedom around the world, that have sacrificed their lives for our service. We thank you so much um, for your service to our country. Um, and also on this day, we also, on this Memorial Day, we also want to remember those 90,000, I think it was the last um, toll that, that I saw on the news, 90,000 um, that have um, passed away due to COVID-19, 90,000 that were alive this time last year um, have passed away and are no longer with us. And we, we just want to lift up those families during this time um, and we extend our love to them as a church and our prayers and thoughts are with them during this time. And um, we love you and we're praying for you during this time. And we, we want to um, have a moment of silence. So if you would, if you would take a few minutes, um, we're going we're gonna to pause for a few minutes and we're going to remember our veterans that have fallen, their families, and we're also going to remember those those um, they have fallen, they have passed away due to the COVID-19. Um, let us pray. Dear God, on this day of remembrance, we come to give thanks to you for those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. We thank you for the service men and service women that have given their lives to protect our freedom, 
those that responded to answer the call of duty, those that have lost their lives on the battlefield of war and the battlefield of life. May you minister to, to each family member during this time. We also thank you for all of our veterans and their families. And during this time of remembrance, we remember those today, that those 90,000 that have passed away due to COVID-19. We ask, Lord, that you would be with each of those families that have lost loved ones during this time. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to lead God and direct us and help us to show compassion and love to one another and use us to, to minister to those that are grieving during this time. We pray for your peace and healing to come upon our nation. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Next Sunday, we'll be celebrating Graduation Sunday. Next Sunday is also Pentecost Sunday, May 31st. So if you are graduating or you're a recent graduate, we're asking you if, you if you wouldn't mind to give us some information about your graduation and your plans for your future. If you ha had received any awards or any accolades that you'd like to share, please reach out and get those to Kevin as soon as you can. And also, if you would like to uh, have your picture posted, please get in touch with Kevin as well. And we need, we, we, we need to have, uh, in order to post your picture, we need to have your permission to do so. So if you wouldn't mind sending an email, uh, if you're a parent um, that says it's okay for us to post your, your graduate's picture on our website, um, please do that as well. And, and we'll be reading these. Uh, we'll be having a part in our service next Sunday where your picture will be shown. We'll be, we're investigating whether or not the graduation um, march is in, in public domain. And so we'll be reading, um, we'll be showing your picture. Our plans are to show your picture, and then I'll be reading the information that you give me um, over the streaming. So, so everybody will see you and recognize you in our streaming um, virtual congregation. So if you will get that to Kevin as soon as you can so he can have time to set that up for our worship service next Sunday. We would appreciate that so we can, we can uh, support you and honor you during this time in your life as you move the tassel and you're heading on to greater things in your life. Also, as I mentioned, um, the re our reopening will be June the 14th. Um, I'm currently trying to work on some guidelines for our church, but I'm just overwhelmed and brain dead on some of them. Uh, I've looked at the conference web, and right now you can look on the conference. Uh, you can go on our webpage. Kevin has, if you're interested about learning about what some of the guidelines are, um, Kevin has has posted those on our web. He has posted a link on our webpage. So if you'll find that on our webpage and click on it, 
It'll take you to the conference website, and it'll, show, and it'll get, take you to the page concerning the, um, the reopening phase uh, of the Methodist Church South Carolina Conference. And, try, and I went to a meeting this coming Wednesday, so I'm even more confused about some of these um, some of these um, recommendations that we're, we're going to be um, required or recommended to follow when we do meet again. And folks, it is, we will not be having church as normal. It will be so different um, due to these requirements. And we have to understand, and, and I want to stress that to you, there is um, there's still no vaccine for this virus. So in order for us to be safe, we need to follow these recommendations the best that we can um, in order to keep our co congregation safe. I just read two articles, and I had them with me this morning, of two churches that, that um, one church, you know, was, uh, was open in California on Mother's Day, and a person um, was asymptomatic and went to church and then the next day, the Monday, um, they developed symptoms of COVID-19. And now that church, um, 180 people are quarantined for 14 days while the CDC out there in, in, in California is testing people um, for the disease. And then there was another article that I read the next day in Arkansas about a pastor and his wife had COVID-19 and went to church and, and infected 90 people, potentially, potentially with COVID-19. So um, this, this idea that we cannot get it, you know, we need to be very careful um, when we do meet and follow the guidelines that they recommend the best that we can. And along those lines, um, I, I just reached a point where I, you know, I'm trying to do, trying to, um, to, to decipher all of this stuff. And, and so I just, my brain just went dead. So Friday morning, I emailed Jim Arant. Jim Arant was our Greenwood District um, congregational specialist. Well, now he's been promoted over the whole congregational development office. And so I emailed him because he came and spoke to our, our group on Wednesday, our, our clergy meeting. And so he is going to be with us on Thursday evening at 6.30, and we're going to be meeting in the, in the Family Life Center. Anybody that wants to come, is welcome to come, and he will be going over these guidelines with us so we can all be on the same page. And so anybody that wants to come is welcome to come. We need to be, um, he reminded me, we need to be socially distant, practice social distancing. And the new guidelines are not six feet, they're 10 feet now. So we have to, we'll have to spread out. But he'll be here with us Thursday night, 6.30, and he'll be going over the guidelines with us. And, and but I want to tell you, I learned I learned Wednesday that um, when we do start meeting, uh, we will be required because we're still in the midst of a global pandemic. We, we will be required to keep keep attendance of everybody that's there, in, in case that somebody had contracts COVID nineteen. Um, I will be required, this is mandatory reporting, I will be required or we will be required to turn their names over to DHEG. And DHEG will not release those names um, to anybody, but they, they need to have them so they can contact those people and alert them that they might have been potentially exposed to, to um, COVID-19. And they will tell you, you know, you, what you need to do and they will get, have your name so you can be tested. Um, you know, they're going to supply the testing. So that's a good thing. 
But, you know, it's, we're, we're coming to a, a new age of COVID-19 when we re, do return to church. And I want to make everybody aware of that. And I'm sure Jim will on, on Thursday evening at 630. Bible study will be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. And we'll be doing Revelation chapter 8. So we're moving right along in our study of Revelation. Um, and I think that's all the announcements that I have um, this morning Let us now, um, as we begin our worship, let us come to our, our time that we come to confess and affirm our faith through the affirmation of faith, which is the Apostles' Creed, and it's in our hymnal. It's number 881. Let us join together now as we join together in the historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's sing together the glory of poetry and the words that are going to come up for you on your screen. Our first hymn this morning as we celebrate on this Memorial Day uh, is America the Beautiful and our hymnal is number 696 and it's in public domain. So we're going to be singing that this morning. We're going to be singing all three verses of 696, America the Beautiful and the words are going to come up for you on your screen. Let us sing together.
beautiful for spacious skies. What a wonderful tribute to our wonderful country. God has blessed us from sea to shining sea. At this time of our worship, we come to um, worship God, give God praise and thanks for his blessings upon us all and for his hand. We come to our time together to, to come before the throne of God in prayer and invite you now to join and join me in prayer. I invite you now to, to pause and to bow your head and close your eyes as we approach the throne of grace together through prayer. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today in prayer and thanksgiving for your wonderful mercies and your loving kindness. We thank you that this is the day you have made, and we ask that you draw near to us as we worship you. Come into our homes and be present with us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the ascension. Jesus ascended into heaven as he led the disciples outside Jerusalem on this, on, on this, on this day more than 2,000 years ago. He blessed them and he was taken to heaven in the clouds. And the Bible says that the disciples departed with joy and went into the temple praising God. Be with us and remind us of the power of the ascended Lord. He is sitting now at the right hand side. sitting in the place of glory with his work completed and the door to heaven open. The ascension signifies that salvation is complete and there's no longer a separation between us and you and we give you praise that he opened the door and he's left it open. So whosoever believeth, whosoever invites into their heart, 
The Bible says they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from heaven, God raised him from the dead on the third day. They shall be saved. So this morning as we worship you, we celebrate the ascension of your glory and power and your majesty. And you are God. Be present with us this morning, Lord. Touch our hearts and lives with hope and peace. And bring calm to our fears. Help us to know that no matter what happens, you're still in charge and still in control. Help us to have faith and trust in you. Bless those that are sick this morning. Bless those that are struggling. Bless those that are lonely. Bless those that need comforting. Bless our country during this time. Bring us together. Bring our church family together. Bring us in peace and love. Because we're all a part of your body and we all have a part today to play in bringing your kingdom on this earth. Bless all those who are listening this morning. Minister to, to their hearts as we ask this prayer in Jesus' name and as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught all of God's children to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now it's time for our children's time this morning, and we're glad to have all the children with us, and we're glad that you're a part of our worship service, and so we're going to ask you to come and, and gather around as, as, as we come to children's time and children's moment this morning. And, and I, I want you to do something for me. I want you to use your imagination. I want you to look around or remember to do this when you're out. I want you to take, take a minute to look at the flag where you are. Can you see a flag where you are? Remember to do this when you get out um, this weekend. Or just look at the flag. Watch the flag outside. There are a lot of flags around uh, our county, and there might be one close to you. In fact, you might even have one flying outside of your house. And so take for a minute to look at that flag. See how it, See how... The wind blows the flag, and see, you know, I love flags. Used to have them, um, used to have them in a, in a, in a previous, I don't want to say life, but in a previous appointment, we had, we had, we had a flagpole, and, and, and I put the flagpole up and had a light outside on the flag, and, and because, you know, you're supposed to put a, put a light on the flag, and I had a solar light, a little powerful solar light, and I had it on the flag, and so the flag, you could see the flag at night. And, and it, it was always, um, it, 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 was, it always 
gave me goosebumps every time I would watch that flag and the wind would hit it and that flag would just blow in the air and the air, the wind would just magically support that flag flying in the, flying. That's a powerful statement. You know that our flag has never been conquered. Um, it's, ne- it's never been conquered. Our flag uh, has never been captured. Um, even when, you know, Francis Scott Key wrote the national anthem dur- during the, um, oh, I forgot what that war was called. The, um, the, the, the um, oh, shoot. Um, the war between England. Um, you know, he was, he, the story is he was, um, he, he was um, watching, he was on, on I think it was, uh, he was watching uh, at the nearby fort and he looked out after the battle and he saw the flag still fl- flying, although it had been, it had, had bullet holes in it, but it was still flying. And that's where the, um, the inspiration came for him to write our national anthem. Um, so this morning, I want you to, as you see that flag flying, I want you to realize the force that's behind it. There's a force, a powerful force that's called freedom behind that flag. And there's nobody, no other country has that freedom. And you know, that freedom was, that force was given by men and women that went to defend our country that were answered the call of duty. And they went forward on um, to protect our freedom and to protect us. And many lost their lives. Many didn't return from war. Many lost their lives defending our country. And so when you look at that flag, remember that flag as it flies is supported by the force of people that defended it. And we're so thankful this morning for all of our veterans and their families, and we're thankful for the men and women that gave their lives to pay the ultimate price for our freedom. And, and remember to thank them when you see them. Remember to thank their families that have lost loved ones because we couldn't be here today without them. So as that flag flies in the wind, remember that it, it flies because they're people that have defended it to make it free. That is our children's sermon this morning. Glad that you could be a part of it this morning and hope that you'll tune in next week. God bless you. Oh, I forgot to have a prayer. Let us pray. <laughs> Dear Lord, we thank you for our freedom this morning. We thank you for our flag and thank you for those per- persons that have defended our flag and the force of freedom that they have, have, have stood for to make each one of us free. Bless all the children that have listened, are listening to us this morning. We thank you so much for them. Bless them with your love as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, our next hymn this morning is, um, is hymn number 697. And our hymnal is called My Country Tis of Thee. It's number 697. And we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4 of My Country Tis of Thee. And the words are, com- are going to come up for you on the screen.
My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. What a wonderful hymn that we can sing and share, and I'm glad it's in our hymnal uh, as we celebrate our, our country uh, and our freedom and the people that have defended it for us to make us free. We're so thankful this morning for our, our veterans and for their families and, and for those that have, have lost their, their lives um, making us free. Can't be the great country that we are without them. We have the best military in the world. Um, it, it just it gives me goosebumps um, to think about, you know, our the military that we have in our country. Um, it's just the greatest. We had the greatest men and women in the service. Um, um, the <coughs> this morning we come together to. Um, to study God's word and to prepare our hearts to receive God's word and, and, and to invite God's presence to, to guide and direct us. And so I invite you to join in our scripture this morning. It's Matthew 17, verse 20. It's one verse. Um, and I'm reading today from the New King James Version, Matthew 17, verse 20. And as I said, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It's Thomas Nelson Publishers, 1982. Um, so Jesus said to them, Because you of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have a faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will, it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you speak to our hearts this morning through your word. Lead God and direct us. Direct our steps. As you teach us, if we acknowledge you in all we do and how we live, you will teach us where and lead us where we need to go. You'll put the words in our mouths the meditations on our hearts. Help us this morning, Lord, to listen to your voice and heed what your Spirit says and where your Spirit leads us. Help us this morning to be a people that does your word and stands upon your promises as we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Enough Faith. Enough Faith. Is my faith enough? Do I have enough faith in my life? If I'm a baptized believer and I go to church and read my Bible, is my faith enough? Is it good enough? Today, should I worry about the coronavirus? Should I be concerned about COVID-19? If I have enough faith, shouldn't God deliver me from this disease if I only believe? Do you have enough faith this morning? This is a good question. Do I have enough faith to survive a pandemic? 
The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. What kind of faith is the word of God talking about? We have many definitions about faith. But what is the basic form of faith that the Bible is speaking about here in our text? What is Jesus referring to about faith? Bible says that without faith, we can't please God. So how do we please God with our faith? Hebrews 11, 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or not yet seen in some translations. So how do we navigate in this world of ours in a pandemic? How do we exercise our faith in the midst of it? How do we please God in this time? How do we show God our faith? When Jesus was tempted of the devil in the wilderness, the devil took him to Jerusalem and he put him on the highest point of the pinnacle in the temple. And he said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here or jump off from the roof. For it is written, he shall have his angels charge over you to keep you in their hands that they should bear you up lest you shall dash your foot against the stone. So the devil was asking Jesus to jump off and believe that God was saving, that the angels would have charge over you and that not even your foot would be dashed on a stone from the ground. So the devil was asking Jesus to jump down from the highest point in the temple and believe God would save him from being hurt from his fall. What does Jesus say? Jesus says to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. What does that mean? Why is Jesus saying that to the devil? See, the devil is trying to get Jesus to prove his point. Jump down, and I'll believe you're the Son of God. Prove to these people below that you're the Son of God. All you got to do is come down. The same, I call it, the temptation came at the cross. There were people that were stood at the foot of the cross and said to Jesus, we'll believe unless you just come down from the cross, and we'll believe in you. So at this time, the devil was asking Jesus to prove himself Prove who you are. And Jesus said, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Well, that word tempt there means test. It means do not put God to the test. Do not presume on God. Do not take for granted. The word presume means do not take for granted that something exists or is in the case. Do not put God's mercy or protection to the test. The argument has been recently made that all we got to do is have faith and we can open up the church and God will be present to protect us during the coronavirus. Well, let me ask you this question. What about these individuals that I read about in the news and I saw on, read about in, in, on Christian, in Christianity today? What about their faith? Wasn't their faith good enough to save them? What about the pastor who had been preaching for 40 years in, his, in, in, his, in the same church? He led many people to Christ, and 
He was a pillar of that community, and he believed God to save him from COVID-19. He said that. I'm believing God is going to heal me. Well, he and his wife both died later from COVID-19. Where was his faith? Wasn't his faith important? I'm sure he had faith. He walked with God. He preached and led people to Christ, and, and people talked well of him. He, he lived what he, what, he, what he preached. Where was his faith? There's another missionary in the news that I, I, that I read about that, that he went to New Orleans every year at Mardi Gras, and he, he handed out tracts, and he led people to the Lord and ministered to people and prayed with people right there on the street while, while um, Mardi Gras was going on. did it every year, he and his wife. They were religious about going to, um, to uh, New Orleans every year, but he caught COVID-19. And he said in his, in his hospital bed while on a ventilator, I have faith in God that God is going to save me. He slipped into a coma and he later died. What about his faith? You know, he had faith. He believed God. He said, God's going to save me. What about his faith? Isn't his faith important? I'm sure doing all these things, going to New Orleans every year, he cared about people and wanted to preach the gospel and share the gospel to them. I'm sure he had faith. Well, what about his faith? Isn't his faith important? Recently, as I said, on May, on May 10th, Mother's Day, a church attended, a, a person attended a church service unknowingly having COVID-19 in California. The next day, they went to their health care professional, and they tested positive for COVID-19. And the whole church, 180 people, has to be quarantined for 14 days until they can be tested by their, their um, health care department. What about those people that went to church that day? I'm sure some of them had faith. I'm sure some of them believed. I'm sure that some of them walked with God and had faith. But what about them? Isn't their faith important? What about the worshipers in the congregation? Wasn't their faith good enough? I'm sure they believed God as well. Or believed in God and had faith in God as well. Then there was a story recently in the news about a pastor and his wife affect, uh, infecting their church with COVID-19 in Arkansas. This is the day after the story was released um, on, on the Mother's Day church. This was, this was on the news the day after. And 90 people in that church had to be quarantined. What about the faith of that pastor? Didn't he have faith? I'm sure he had faith. I'm sure he believed God. Did these individuals presume on God? Did they jump off to the highest pinnacle of the temple thinking that God would save them? There's no doubt in my mind they had faith. There is no question. But was their faith enough? How do we know that we have enough faith? The Word of God says in Psalm 81, verses 11, 12, But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel... God's chosen people would have none of me, so I gave them over to their stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. What happens if we decide one day that I'm going to jump out of a plane at 30,000 feet and think my faith is in God is going to save me? Or what if one day I decided I was going to climb up on the top of my house and say, I believe God is going to save me. I believe God, I have faith. I believe God's going to protect me. We'd be disappointed, wouldn't we? We'd be hurt 
and we'd come crashing to the ground and we'd end up in the emergency room in a body cast. Well, why didn't God spare us from our fall if we had faith? Didn't we have faith and believe God? The laws of gravity prevailed. And what happened? What goes up? What must come down? Maybe we did not have enough faith. The Bible says that Peter walked on the water toward Jesus. Jesus, Peter said, command me to come to you. And so Peter got out of the water and he began to, got out of the boat and began to walk toward Jesus on the water. But what happened? He looked to the left and looked to the right. He didn't look to the master. He looked at the surroundings, the wind and the wave and circumstances. And what happened? He began to sink. And he was afraid. And he cried out and he said, Lord, save me. And the Bible says that Jesus reached down and grabbed him and, put, and he and Jesus were aboard the boat just like that. But when was the last time you saw somebody walking on water? Unless Jesus commands us to walk on the water, we cannot walk on the water. I'll say that again. Unless Jesus commands us to walk on the water, we cannot walk on the water because we're not him. The Bible says that Israel did not listen to God, so God turned his people over to their own stubborn heart. Now, how did the people not listen to God's voice? They did not heed his voice because they did not heed the voice of the leadership that God had placed over them. They did not heed the voice of the prophets, did not heed the voice of the king. And what did Jesus say? Oh, Israel, you have rejected and killed the prophets. See, the prophets were God's messenger, his vehicle to speak to his people, to warn them. Jeremiah came on the scene to warn Israel to repent of their sin, and Jeremiah was very unpopular. The king had Jeremiah locked up. Jeremiah was ostracized, rejected, bullied. He was called names, and he was beat up. But instead, he was faithful to pronounce God's word, even though it, was, it wasn't popular. Ultimately, Israel did not repent of its sin. They did not listen to Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah's prophecy came to pass. Israel was captured by the Babylonians under the direction of King Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible says that God used, I'll say that again, the Bible says that God used another government, the Babylonians, under the direction of King Nebuchadnezzar to bring judgment on Israel. You see, God also used in judgment, God also shared mercy with his people in captivity. God used Jeremiah to send a letter to those people in captivity to remind them that God has not forgotten them. In 70 years, God will redeem Israel from their time of captivity. The Bible also tells us in Romans 13, verses 1 through 17, let every soul be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and, who, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do, do what to be unafraid. Do you, want, do you want to be afraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for them the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do a evil, be afraid, for he does not hear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. 
Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all due taxes to whom are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I know there are a lot of mixed messages today about what we hear on television. We hear from the health professors on one side. We hear from the politicians. And we hear from the business community on the other. Who do we trust and who do we believe? The politicians tell us it's okay to return to work and life is normal. While the CDC says the virus is still spreading across the globe and still infecting people. I just read on the news that there are 24 um, states in our nation that that are seeing an influx, uh, a higher spread, a higher infection rate in our country. And South Carolina is one of them. North Carolina is another. That, that the, the, rate is con- the, rate, the rate of infection is still con- continuing to, to climb. We had like 278 cases this morning, uh, according to the news. So the cases are still continuing to, cl- to, to climb around us. Infection rate is still continuing to spread. And, and I was watching a program this, this coming um, this past um, Tuesday night they had on, on, on Channel 7. You might be able to get that on their webpage. It was called COVID-19, uh, South Carolina um, faces COVID-19. They had Lindsey Graham, the governor, Henry McMaster, and, and they had um, Senator Tim Scott on there. And all of them said, the same, and they had Dr. Um, Linda Bale, and all of them said the same thing that we are going to see another wave of the COVID-19 virus hit in the fall. Um, and so we need to get prepared. And all of them said the same thing. That at the, news pe- the news people specifically asked them, and they all said the same thing from the governor, Lindsey Graham, to Dr. Bell. So we need to, we, we need to, we need to realize that until there's a, a, a until there's a, 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 um, vaccine for it. I'll tell you what, I'll be, if this is a government conspiracy, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I'll be the first to come out and say I was wrong. You know, the politicians told us early that we don't, we don't have any problem. We got everything contained. And what happened? The virus spread throughout the country. It's easy for a politician to say, open now or else when you're trying to win votes. The, the politicians today remind me of the mayor in Jaws. Remember that movie? I remember that movie. When I, I remember I went to see that movie with my mom when I was a kid. My mom read that book that was written by Peter Benchley, and she had to go see it. And so my dad was out of town, so mama took me to the movie theater, and she gave me popcorn, and I was sitting there in the movie theater, and I didn't know what was about to happen. And I'm telling you what, man, for a 12-year-old, I was hiding underneath, I was hiding underneath that seat. I was hiding my eyes and my, and my hands, and I sat, and I was holding on to that seat for dear life. Tell you what, after that movie, I didn't even go near the swimming pool that summer. I remember, though, that scene in the movie where the chief of police is trying to warn the mayor of the town about the shark. And the shark was a car carried in car carriers. It was a great white, and it was about 30, 35 feet long. And the mayor wasn't buying it. They were trying to tell him, you know, this shark is a huge shark. It, it, it's, it's a man-eater. And, it, and as long as people go swimming, the shark is going to be feeding on the people. 
But the mayor didn't buy into it. And I remember the line from that movie. I'll never forget it. He said to them, he said, the beaches will be open for business. You do what you need to do to keep the people safe, but the beaches will be open for business. And I said, that sounds so familiar today, doesn't it? Folks, we still got a, a shark swimming around in our water, and it's called COVID-19. The Apostle Paul says that God has appointed authorities over us to govern our lives. God says that God has appointed them. It's hard to believe, but that's what the Bible says. God has appointed them, and therefore what Paul says in verse 2, he says from Romans 13, therefore whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and who resists will bring judgment upon themselves. And what that means is that if we don't do what the government says, then we have to pay the consequences for our actions. This goes all the way back to what the Word of God says in Psalm 81, that God turned his people over to the counsel of their stubborn heart because they did not heed his voice. When we do not heed the voices that God has placed over us, like the Department of Public Health, folks, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know anything about medicine. I don't know anything about, about a virus. I don't know anything about the spread of the virus. But when they tell you this is, this is a very infectious disease, and I have been reading things about the COVID-19 that they're discovering about it. I'm telling you what, I wouldn't want this virus on my worst enemy because not only is this a respiratory virus, but it affects your heart, your liver, your lungs, and your brain, and your blood. So, folks, let me tell you something. We need to be extra careful. We need to be extra careful out there today because what happens is we presume on God when we don't listen to the authorities that God has put over us during a time, a, na a national crisis. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. Now is not the time to think that we know better than what the experts do. Despite what the politicians say, it's presumptuous to believe that our lives will return to normal until a vaccine is developed. Or people have had the disease enough, it's called a herd immunity, people have had the the disease enough that, um, that we don't have to worry about a vaccine because people have had it enough in society. Well, he ain't got to that point yet. Even Jesus obeyed the authorities. Before he was ever born, Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem to do what? Register for the census. Jesus said to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render what to God is God. And Jesus told Peter to go fishing for the temple tax. Peter called a fish that had the coin in its mouth, and he went and gave the coin to Jesus. Jesus paid his temple tax and Peter's tax as well. And even when Jesus was crucified, he submitted himself to the governing officials, even though it was a kangaroo court during his day. How do I have faith? How do I have, the question is, how do I have enough faith? Displaying how to have enough faith, we turn to Thomas. <laughs> Thomas was the, was the doubting disciple who said, I'm not going to believe unless I actually see the resurrected Lord. I'm not going to believe until I can really touch him and I can feel him and I can see him face to face. I'm not going to believe unless I can see. And so a few days later, Jesus walks through the walls of the upper room where the disciples are standing, and he comes up with Thomas, and he holds his hands and shows him his side and says, Thomas, will you please believe? He doesn't tell him that, but he says, Thomas, believe. 
And what does Thomas say? My Lord and my God. And Jesus tells Thomas, blessed are those, you, 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 you see because you believe it, blessed are those who have not seen but believe. You see, that is the kind of faith that the Lord is looking, from, looking for from us. The, the, what is the response that Jesus is looking for primarily from Thomas and from us? The pivotal found, do you know what the pivotal foundation of our faith is? What is the one foundational truth of our faith? That is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without it, everything else falls apart. This is what Jesus is looking for from us when he's talking about having faith. Do we have enough faith to believe in him and see as the resurrected Lord? The Bible says that we are saved when we, when we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and we believe that God raised him on the third day. It centers around our faith, centers around the resurrection. See, the Lord has called us to trust in the authorities that he's placed over us. And then there's a time that the Lord commands us to step out of the boat. You see, God can heal in various ways. God can, God can cause instantaneous healing to come over our country. God can heal through a process, and God can use medicine. But it's up to God to decide on, on how he chooses to heal us. But for now, for now... God says we need to follow, and throughout Scripture, God has told his people, you need to listen to those that I place over you and follow their leadership and let me speak to them and let, me, and let them lead you to safety. See, a size of a person's faith is not, it, it's, it, the size of a person's faith is not like a ticket in the arcade. We cannot have enough faith to have enough faith tickets or to have enough faith to protect us from illness or, he, or for healing. Faith is not about something enough so God can't do what he desires. It is believing in God. Faith is, or biblical faith is, believing God and is believing God who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. That's what enough faith is. Do we believe that Jesus is God? Do we believe that he was raised on the third day? Do we believe in the power of the resurrection? And do we believe that God will lead us to where we need to go? Presuming on God and putting God to the test is not following what our government leaders have told us to do. And until we are directed by God, we need to follow what God tells us in his word. So we have enough faith to walk with him if we believe in who he says he is. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn this morning is hymn number 717. It's in our hymnal and it's our last hymn and we're going to be singing the battle hymn of the Republic and we'll be singing verses one three, and five of the battle hymn of the Republic. Let us join together as we sing hymn number 717, the battle hymn of the Republic, our last hymn of our worship service.
truth is marching on. It's a wonderful hymn. Celebrates the truth of God. Well, that brings us to a close of our worship service this morning. We're glad that you made uh, our, our worship at St. James a part of your day and hope that you will be blessed and hope you, you'll have a wonderful Memorial Day. Um, we look forward to seeing you again Wednesday night and Thursday. And then next week we'll join together for our virtual service. And we'll start out with Steve. We want to thank Steve for um, doing our Sunday school and coming and uh and leading us um, for our Sunday school class. That has worked really well. And then our worship next Sunday is 11. So be sure to um, tune in with us. Tune in and, and invite a friend to join us. And I hope that you'll put the 14th of June on your calendar and join join us in our, our opening day. It will, it will be a joy to be back together, uh, even, amidst the, even um, in the midst of... Uh, of our, these new guidelines. It'll be nice to be able to worship together. Um, I also want to continue to thank Kevin. Um, I've heard a lot of comments. I've been going down through the, through the, 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 the list and trying to call everybody and talk to everybody and find out what everybody's doing. And I thought I could do it in a day or two, but it hadn't worked, hadn't worked out that, that way. People got a lot, have a lot to talk about, so we've been talking. Uh, enjoyed the conversations that I've had, and, and if I hadn't got to you, I will. Um, and I, I, I received a lot of comments from people that have been so been really blessed by our streaming, um, that, and and they're so thankful that they that they can go to the web page now and and um, um, and and rather than having to get on um, Facebook, that that was been some frustration. Uh, and they're so thankful too that everything that we've done so far is um, is already on there. And a lot of times I've called people and I've heard my voice in the background because they're sitting down to um, to listen to the to the um, the program and to, to our worship services and Bible study. So they've really been blessed during this time, even though that we've been separated. They've been really ministered to, and I want to thank Kevin for really making that possible. And we will be continuing that. Um, in some form or fashion when we do come back together. Um, we will be making that available as well, too, as we're doing. I want to thank Ms. Montmayer as well for being willing to make these CDs and get it out to people that aren't, um, that aren't um, able to join us through the, our streaming community. But I also want to tell people that um, we are doing this live. Um, there was some misconception that this is a taped event. It's not. We're doing it live. Um, I'm sitting right here in the church, uh, right next to the corner of the of the. I'm not standing in the pulpit, so I'm, but I'm sitting down next to next to the altar, um, with my chair and my uh, my music stand with all my materials on it. And but um, but but we really really miss y'all and and really really look forward to seeing you and, and preaching in person. I'll tell you one thing that I've, I really enjoyed about this is I've enjoyed just wearing casual clothes to church and just getting up and putting on blue jeans and the shirt and shoes and just coming on to church. And maybe we'll continue that when we get back together. I really like that part of this. I really like that part of the service. So maybe we continue. Maybe we can have casual Sundays when we come back together. I don't know. But that's really been a blessing. 
and all those that I've talked to has really been a blessing in your encouragement during this time um, and your faithfulness to, uh, to tune in. I've been so amazed, and so has Kevin, about the people that have been tuned in. And I saw somebody the other day that said they had tuned in to our, our program, our program, <laughs> turned into our worship service, and they want to come and join us. So we've, we've, we've um, established a virtual congregation, and we will continue that. And, and I, I've talked to so many people that, that you know, They've said they've tuned in and they want to come and join us for worship when we do open again. So that this has really been a positive thing in this time of crisis. So that will conclude our worship today. As I said, we're glad that you that you were um that you could join us this morning. I want to remind everybody Wednesday night is Bible study. Thursday night is six thirty. We'll have Jim Abrant with us, going over the guidelines um, and directing us on how to to open our church, um, so that everybody, everybody um, can be safe um, from this, this disease. And so let us bow now for the benediction. May the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the power and fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide in each of you both now and forevermore. Amen.